עד חצות יום י"ד בניסן צריך כל יהודי להשפיץ את החמץ שברשותו. Until the 14th of Nisan, every Jew needs to get rid of every, all the chametz in his rishos, in his whole domain. So used to be, Jews were smart. And they would plan their years, that, that they would finish their chametz product, product by Pesach. Right? They probably weren't giving too many hamantashin, you know, on Purim. They were giving, you know, getting rid of their chametz already at that point. There was only a little bit of chametz that was left. Today, the kayem bo mitzvahs biur chametz mahajin b'sreifa. And then a little bit of left, you burn. Okay, that's how it used to be in the good old days. But sometimes it didn't work. Okay, and you, you're left with a bunch of chametz left in your domain. If you don't care to get rid of the chametz, so burn it. Or give it to a non-Jew. He deserves that. You know, give it to Sammy. But if you don't want to lose the money for the chametz, you could sell it to a non-Jew before Pesach. If you don't want to lose the money. As long as you have not reached the hour when you're not allowed to get pleasure out of chametz, right? On the day of the 14th. You can sell your chametz and get money for it. When does that begin? In the sixth hour of the 14th day. That's when you can't sell your chametz anymore. And until then, you're allowed to sell your chametz. This is very, very important for people who have, who work in the chametz business. They have, you know, alcohol, for example, or all sorts of chametz products. They needed to sell it to a non-Jew. They would go broke. And even if you can't find a guy that really wants to buy your chametz, so you're allowed to, the rabbi said you're allowed to go to a guy and tell him, even though you don't really need such a big amount of chametz, buy for me the chametz, the full price. If you want, listen, after Pesach, I'll come back and I'll buy it from you. You're allowed to do that. Let it go to your buddy Nanju and say, listen, do me a favor, buy it all, give me a million bucks, and then after comments, I'll give you the million, I'll, I'll rebuy it from you. Okay? Now, that's how it used to be in the good old days. You're really stuck. You go to your old buddy Nanju and say, hey, Jimmy, do me a favor. Okay? But nowadays, this is spread in a different type of way. If they carve out more 400 years ago, approximately. Jews were forced to start selling whiskey. Okay, that was what the Christians basically forced them to do. A lot of times, landlords, the aristocrats would, would give them the land. 
They would like run the little inns and sell the alcohol. And that was like the Jew department. Yes, is generally from wheat or from barley. So what do they have to do? They have to sell all of their whiskey to the non-Jews before Pesach. And that way they can come back and buy it back after the holiday. The truth is, the rabbi saw that a lot of times people were doing the sale in, incorrectly. They weren't doing the sale properly, these little uh, village owners. And then there's real big halachi problems. The sale wasn't a real sale. Then the Jew really owns it, but it wasn't a real sale. And every hour that he owns that chametz, he's doing an iser midoraita, bal yorel, bal Okay? And even after Pesach, you have to get rid of that uh, chametz that you owned over Pesach. If it gets burning, get rid of it. So the rabbi said, you know what? We're taking charge of the sale. To make sure that the, the chametz is sold properly. The stage two is the rabbis get involved in the sale. And once the rabbis are already doing the public sale that they were in charge of, other Jews are like, you know what? I also want to, yeah, I don't work in the whiskey department, but I also have a bottle in the back of my fridge. Okay, so they, they, they joined in and they, Rabbi, can you also sell my chametz? And selling chametz became more and more common. But some rabbis were against the sale of chametz. They said, this isn't a real sale, it's a trick. Everybody knows that right after Pesach, you're going to go back to the non-Jew. And you're going to take the Hamas back. Plus, you're not doing the, the taxes. You don't pay the taxes on the sale. Plus, normally, what happens? You go to Samuel, you buy some Cheerios, and you bring in, you give it to the guy, and the guy takes it into his house. Here, you're not, you're selling it to Sammy, but then the Hamas is still in your house. What kind of sale is that? Said some rabbis. Okay, you're saying it's sold to a guy. But it's in your house. What are the odds that Sammy's going to knock in the middle of Pesach and be like, Shalom, I'm hungry. Give me that, give me that Cheerios. Give me a little Like, it's a joke, said, said a lot of rabbis. So for all those reasons, some rabbis were against the sale of Chomet. Ulam, that's a Pesach. However, other Pesach. Rabim Kekula, almost all, most poskim, we can rely nonetheless on the sale. The truth is, if the Nandu wants, he can come back and say, Shalom, I want to keep that Cheerios. I want to keep my alcohol. I'm not selling it back to you. He has that right. And since he has that right, if he wanted to, he can go into your house, right? During Pesach, after Pesach, and listen. I'm taking it. The odds that he's going to do it are one in a million. But could he theoretically do that? Yes. He could do that. It would be, it would be crazy, but he could do it. Therefore, it's not a trick, says some rabbis, most rabbis. 
And the rabbis are very strict to make sure it's done properly, like it's a, a proper sale, technically. They do the Kenyan, the acquisition, in many different ways to make sure that the Goy really owns it. And they make sure that also, according to the government, it should count like a, like a Mechira. Right? It's the Mishnah Brura and the Bayer Allah. They are ready. In terms of the money, so what they do is, they, they write the full price of the chametz, and the guy buys it for, like, a, 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 it's called We do that for, for apartments a lot of times. You pay, you, don't pay, you pay a certain amount, a large amount, and you'll pay the rest soon. So that's what the non does. He pays a, that. So therefore, it is a, a valid sale. And then the rest, the guy owns, the guy owes, and after Pesach, if the guy decides to give it back, he can, you know, not pay the rest of it. Okay. A lot of times, Jews will sell the land that the chametz is standing upon. Okay? Therefore, it's not that it's in your house. That thing that they sold to Goy is actually the, the, the Goy. He owns it. He owns that land now. But in Israel, when you can't sell it on Jews, Karka land, so you, you rent it to him. Okay? Fine. So, that's the, the Makrokis. Practically speaking, he's going to tell you what we, what we should do. And now you understand the evolution of the history of it, how all these Jews are stuck having all this comments in their house because they were working in the whiskey business, and once the rabbis were in charge of it, other Jews also wanted to do that. Okay? Now, what about us? Should we be relying upon selling our comments? So nowadays, we have preservatives, and we have ways of having a lot more chametz than they ever could imagine in the olden days. And therefore, many, many more merchants and people, and even regular people, feel like they need to sell their chametz. It's not just random, some people here and there. Almost everybody has some chametz. In their house, and especially if you work in the, the you work in the business of chametz, you're gonna lose a lot of money if you have to sell your chametz every year. Plus, the truth is, even if you sold all of your chametz before Pesach, then they have to start making new chametz after Pesach, and that's gonna take you, I don't know, a week, two, three. Imagine you have to start making new whiskey. So then every year you're going to lose tons and tons of money because it takes a month so you can make new new chametz and sell it, right? We don't think about it like that, but for a whiskey business, it could be catastrophic. So catastrophic, they would just get out of business and just have to make a new business. Therefore, it's a lot of pain. Therefore, technically, every person can sell their chametz to a goy. 
to the Chira, that's done to the Rabbanut, even a little bit of Chamin. A little bit of, um, a lot of times, uh, soup mix has Chametz in it. A little uh, Rotev. Doesn't matter, a lot or a little, everyone can sell their Chametz. But you should know, Yesh Machmirim, some people are strict, that they don't, Somech Lechachir, that they don't do Mechira. Okay? Because, like we said before, at the end of the day, this whole leniency was, was built in, but it still looks like a trick. And it was built for people who are going to lose their whole parnasa. But if I lose, I don't know, my 50 shekel whiskey in the back of my fridge, is it going to be terrible for me? It's not the end of the world. So get rid of it. Therefore, you want to do according to all the rabbis, all the deos. You want to get an extra bracha. Don't sell real hummus. Okay? But if you want, if it hurts you, and then, then you can sell even real funk. But what? Hold on. The final line is the following. At the end of the day, everyone should sell, should 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 join in and do a sale of their hummus. Why? Because nowadays there are products which is a, a suffix if they're really considered hummus or not. Okay? Because they're made of, let's say, 1% hummus. Would a dog really eat that hummus? Let's say it's part of, I don't know, we'll learn about it, but like uh, certain cleaning materials or soap or toothpaste, stuff like that, that it's a big machlokis, as we'll learn, whether it's considered chametz or not. It's quasi chametz. So that for sure you could sell. Just, and, and, don't, and then don't use it. That everyone agrees you're allowed to do a machira. The only question we're discussing is real chametz. When it's 100% chametz. So if you want to be machmir and get rid of your whiskey, so then and if you want to be lenient and sell the whiskey and use it after Pesach, come to say there. There are a lot of most rabbis say that's fine. But when it comes to quasi chametz, like, like I said, like toothpaste and things like this, and we're not sure if it's considered chametz anyway, then everyone would agree it's good to sell. Put it aside for Pesach, and and that's why you know it's a good idea for everyone to mitzdar in the mechira. Okay. Is that clear? So again, like everything, this is Ramalamed's opinion. You might find more strict opinions, you might find more, more lenient opinions, but I always find Ramalamed to be the, this, the, the, the middle path, okay? Where he tries to present all the opinions and, and tell you what's lenient, what's strict, and what's, uh, what, what does he recommend. This is Ratashim.